Welcome to the Conscious Craft Podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And we are two health coaches on a mission to create a happier world, one thought, one breath, and one bite at a time. We are kicking stress to the curb, and we're not going to take life so seriously. No, and we'd love for you to join, because we're all about community, and we want you to be a part of ours. So head over to the show notes and follow us on social media. We'd love to connect. All right, welcome to the Conscious Craft Podcast. We have a special guest today, but before we get to that, we want to mention two companies that we're into right now. We don't have any sponsorships, but hey, we're open to it. We're open. Our first company is Four Sigmatic. Jeez, they're good. They're so good. If you guys have been checking out our stories at all, you must have seen us Getting down cozy with some reishi mushroom right before mm, bed. Mm. Reishi's good. Reishi's so good. Real good. Mm-hmm. And our second company is Brandless. Alyssa, have you checked out Brandless? I have checked it out, but I haven't experienced it yet. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You're about to experience about it. About to. So tell me more, but it's everything's $3 and it's all organic? So it's all online, mm-hmm. all organic products, mm-hmm. fair trade. They've got coffee. <gasps> Apple cider vinegar, Ooh. coconut oil, Ooh. pasta, Yum. marinara, mm. olive oil, oh. salt, pepper. <laughs> oh my god, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we have a very special guest with us. He is our yoga teacher. He has a studio in Los Al called Hot Yoga, H-A-W-T. And he takes yoga practice to a whole different level. It's really an experience when you go to one of his classes. You have some amazing music, you have some mood lighting, and you have this passionate teacher who takes you on this journey from beginning to end. And it's unlike any yoga, yoga class you'll ever experience. So without further ado, Sydney, welcome to the show. Thank you, it's an honor being here. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I've had two of your classes, and yeah. Alyssa's totally, totally right. It is like a journey. Right. It is seriously the coolest. I've never had a yoga class like it. Mm-hmm. From beginning to end, you're walking us through this journey, this experience. Right. And I'm into it. Okay. I'm hooked, man. Thank you. Talk to us a little bit about how you conduct your yoga classes. Um, well, so I have a studio in Los Alamitos. Um, which is a city adjacent to Long Beach. And I also uh, teach at a luxury gym in Long Beach called Olympics Fitness. Mm -hmm. So uh, I work there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I'm at my studio Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. But I guess if I were to give you maybe characteristics of the studio and the style would be diversity, community, empowerment, and team. And I think you can basically that would be kind of like the the characteristics of it and yeah i mean we could totally expand on that but i think also the soul of my style of teaching would be it's almost like i'm trying to put you guys in a movie i totally yeah totally feel that that's the kind of the description i was looking for is you feel like you've you've gone through this adventure yeah like uh, I know sometimes I do play hip hop and stuff, but usually I'll play a lot of like 
Daft Punk or Tron or Justice or The Last Samurai or, or Hans Zimmer. That is awesome. So the characteristics for my style would almost be theatrical or cinematic where Joe Rogan has this very famous clip of be, it's called Be the Hero. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you into this movie experience, but you're the hero. You know? So cool. Yeah. And you just happen to be doing it together with right. a bunch of people. That's, a, that's something I felt from the first time I took one of your classes. That was one of the first things I told Hannah. I was like, it just yeah. feels so theatrical. And yeah. The, Even the snow sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and let's expand on that in a bit, too. Yeah, yeah. But you do, you empower every single person that's in that class, uh, male or female, mm. and you make everyone feel like they are their own hero, which, yeah. which is such a perfect way to describe it. So what brought you to get to that point of teaching in that style yeah. and exploring yoga yeah. in that type of way? Well, um... I mean, depending on when, how far you want to take this back, but you go through something called teacher training, right? So you, generally every yoga studio will have like their continuing education thing. It's called yoga teacher training, right? And it basically they, it's sold or it's presented like, here are the tools that can make you a yoga instructor or you can just deepen your, or if you just want to deepen your practice, take this course, you know? And they call that the 200 hour. So, you know, and usually every legitimate, like good studio, when they lead you through teacher training, the first thing they say is like, you are not guaranteed to teach here or anywhere. We're only gonna just kind of set you up with the education, you mm-hmm. know? So when I went through teacher training, like I wasn't sure yet uh, if I was gonna teach or not. I was just kind of in a place in my life where I was exploring teacher training. So basically, uh, I was working for Bank of America or a, a company called Compass Group. And Compass Group basically does managed food service for companies like Bank of America. So at, at one point, I was running or helping run their corporate kitchen in Brea for their call center, which houses like 3,000 people. It's a, it's a massive operation. And at one point, they shipped me to San Francisco to help out with one of their cafes, uh, a Bank of America office. And then I get a call from my sister who basically says, uh, dad's got cancer, it's time to come home. So when my sister says that, it's time to come home. So I gave a month notice and um, I was unemployed. And my home base for Bank of America was Brea. So I was practicing at a place called Purple Yoga in Fullerton. And, um, you know, got close with everybody there, like instructors and ownership and stuff Mm -hmm. and other students. Um, But at one point I was unemployed. Uh, I moved back into my parents' house in San Diego. And um, the owner of Purple and a man that I really admire, Alex Roberts, uh, an instructor at Purple said, you should explore teacher training. So then I did, you know, and um, I was basically commuting from San Diego to Purple, Long Beach, just to attend the trainings, you know. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And essentially, at some point, I finished teacher training. 
at some point I'm in San Diego living in my old room, which is now my niece's room, which is basically has painted dolphins and glowing the dark <laughs> stickers of the galaxy on the ceiling. And I'm sleeping on her bed and I'm like, oh my God, I need to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm looking for a real job, like a normal job. And I'm also looking for any yoga jobs. And I can't find a job. Like I go into yoga studios or I tell these yoga studios, I give them emails saying like, look, I'm from here. Like, just give me a chance. Mm -hmm. Nobody brings me in. And then at some point I audition for Purple mm -hmm. and I butcher it. Like I butcher the audition. Like we're supposed to do a set sequence. It's 60 minutes long. At one point, I can't figure out why I'm 10 minutes ahead. And at the end of the audition, they were like, dude, you missed an entire block of poses and then you just start winging it so then i didn't get the job mm -hmm. and um you know at some point i got brought on but i think the strategy of why they don't hire you right away is because they want you to go out and they want you to swim mm -hmm. they want you to work for that that mom and pop crunchy granola yoga studio they want you to work for the 24-hour fitness experience. They want you to feel that. They want you to work for the luxury studio. They want you to work in that place. It's like, is this a Pilates studio or is this a CrossFit or is this a yoga studio? They want you to work for all of that. Yeah. And in that time, you have to find your voice. So when I mentor or help other trainers or other instructors, the first thing I tell them is like, look, what you think you are going to teach like, that style, mm -hmm. That's going to be thrown out the window within six months, if not faster. But if you're open to like exploring how your voice and your themes are going to start developing, that's going to be your thing, you know? So, because when I first started teaching, I, I was almost trying too hard. Like, I was born in Honolulu. I love the brand Stussy. I would show up to work wearing Stussy Aloha shirts. And then at some point, like, this isn't. This isn't me, man. This is not me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think that's where I began to be open to, like, finding my voice. And then it was just like, look, I'm going to start a, a yoga Pandora station just so I don't play cliche yoga music when I start, yeah. when I teach, mm -hmm. if I ever teach. Yeah. And then from there, it's just like, okay, well, what do I, if you're not going to play yoga music in your classes, what are you going to play? And, you know, I'm talking to myself, and I'm, then I said, well, okay, I like Daft Punk. I like Justice. I think the Tron soundtrack's a masterpiece. I like Hans Zimmer. So cool. And then that's how I started developing. You know, so that's probably about a year and a half when I'm actually teaching. Hmm. So I still did not have my voice even when I got hired on to start teaching. It probably took six months to a year until I found something that worked. Then it was just all about teaching and then trying to refine. And then teaching, and then it's like, what I got to do to take this to the next level? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's just a perfect show of how when you put the work in and you take the time to really explore what works best for you, you can develop something amazing as opposed to just trying to fit into what you think you should be doing or you think would work best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a really cool model of purple yoga to have you go out and try all different types of yoga yeah classes. and i and i think they all they're all like that they are they cool. it would be so i mean you would have to be so on it to get hired right off the bat i mean either 
either you you need teachers desperately because your your student culture is growing so fast or like you just you you blow the shit out of the water and like okay we have to we have to lock on to this person before they they teach yeah. for somebody else yeah but and it makes sense like you have to get out there and you got to swim mm-hmm. and you have to find your own voice and your own style because everyone's going to jive with the different yeah. teacher for what they need yeah. and what they're into yeah so yeah yeah. It takes all the competitiveness out of it too because you're your own unique individual. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's like Hot does not have a, a teacher training program yet. Um I believe that I have a different model that I want to bring in, not teacher training. Mm-hmm. That would give us uniqueness, but when I would tell people about teacher training, this is the way I don't want to say I pitched it or sold it. Like imagine that you tell everybody about yoga right and just go through the people that are in your head that you have told yoga to and imagine the look on their face and what they say to you when you say yoga right it's like when you it's like i don't know it's like you tell somebody about your favorite green drink and it's like i don't want to hear about your fucking green drink anymore man right (laughs) and then imagine it like Imagine your first day at gate class or pace class. You guys know what that is? Yeah. Right? Imagine your first day. Do you know what that is? I don't know what that is. It's like in San Diego, they have this thing called gate. Mm -hmm. And it's basically schools for gifted children. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did. I think in here they have, they here they have, they call it pace. So imagine showing up to school and it's just like, oh, dang, not everybody looks the same. Oh, there's old people. There's young people. There's people that look rich. There's people that look like they... When you show up to teacher training, there's lo- there are those people that you meet. They like literally maxed out every single credit card in order to get into teacher training, mm-hmm. right? And there are some people that, whatever they they hustled and they self financed it. There are people that look like you, and there are people that are like, oh my god, this person looks like they just, you know, like the epitome of the crunchy granola. Mm-hmm. Yogi, like, dude, not only do you smell bad, <laughs> but yeah. So you 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 you. you and then it's like you show up to teacher training and there's no desk. You, you show up and it's like everybody sits on the floor. Some people brought cushions, some people are sitting on the books. And for the first time, you're like, oh, damn, like, I don't have to explain why I love yoga to these people. Because like the, the fir- when you get in that opening circle on your first day, they make you sit in a circle. They always ask, usually they'll ask you the same fucking question. They'll ask you, how did you find yoga? And why teacher training? And for the most part, everybody is going to give you the same answer. Yoga helped heal me in some way. And I feel compelled to either deepen my practice and learn more or help others. Mm-hmm. It's usually everybody's going to say That's that. That's so true. Right? And then it's just like for the first time, you're like, oh, shit. I don't have to, I don't have to explain myself anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's the beauty of a teacher training program. Right. And in essence, that's, you know, that's what I experienced. And that's honestly, that's what you bring to your class, too. Yeah. Because yeah. you do such a great job at promoting diversity and explaining that we're all different, but we're all the same. That's cool. Yeah. Or it's okay being different. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd want to be different. No one is like you. You know, you've got to yeah. own your own. Yeah individualism for sure and i and i think that's why diversity is so important because you can learn Mm -hmm. from one another i mean 
if there's one thing that I'd love to do more of, uh, is to travel more. Not maybe not just within California, but globally, I'd love to travel more because you kind of got you got to put yourself out there mm-hmm. in order to learn. Like you have to get uncomfortable, you know, to grow, to grow, mm-hmm. and not only for yourself but to to bring something back. Because mm-hmm. at some point, your company is gonna plateau. Like basically your mm-hmm. student culture at some point they're gonna basically be at this place where you're maxed out and they know you're maxed out. So you have to like either take another course at the community college or do a week in I don't know. Continue to grow, yeah. You have grow to grow because you have to you yeah. have to you have to keep bringing people back. Right? Yeah. Because not only do you have to be able to retain your current clients, but you got to be able to bring something fresh to the new ones too. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about the snow. So the snow is an, yeah. it's an experience that yeah. you provide for, for your students. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about what that means when we enter into that portion of your class? Yeah. Um, so when I taught at Purple, so the guy that you guys know right now isn't necessarily the same guy that was teaching at Purple to some degree. So I think the first six months to a year and a half, I, I kind of found my voice and my style, and then like going into year one and a half into two, I basically became this super intense teacher, like just ridiculous amounts of power in my class and intensity. And then it got to the point where I was blowing my voice out like every freaking month. Really? Like my, one of my, one of the other instructors, a purple guy that was one of my first teachers, his name is Ace Paule. Shouts out to Ace. At one point, he's telling me, you got to wear a scarf all the time because you got to protect your throat. Can't get too cold. You got to drink throat coat. It's a, Have you guys heard of throat coat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like tea. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. You know, at what, what point the owner of Purple is like, I will pay for a vocal coach for you. Really? You know, because um, I was blowing my voice out that so much. And then at one point... I think at one point, like I developed the cyst in the in the lower my lower lip, like on the inside. So we'll go to urgent care. They say it's like don't worry about it. It's just it just happens randomly. We we just have to pop it. So they they pop the cyst and then yada yada yada. The cyst comes back and, and they were like, well, okay, you know what? I think we have to refer you to a surgeon. So the surgeon removes the cyst and he basically stitches my my bottom lip up. And, you know, through ch- chopping it up, like, the doctor was like, okay, you have to be very careful because you cannot, because it's so easy to tear the stitches in your lip. And I was like, wait, so I I have to be very careful with this? And he was like, well, Sid, unless you're yelling and screaming at your students, you should be in no danger of ripping these, cis- the, 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 <laughs> these stitches out. And I'm in my head, I'm like... Ah, thanks, doctor. You know, I do yell at my students. I do yell at my students. This thing's going to rip out in tonight's classes, you know? So, essentially, that's when I started developing this thing called what I call the snow sequence. So, at some point, my class is going off the hook. Like, it's going bananas in there. And then before I get too intense in the class, or I have to find a way to basically rest for like 10 minutes in my class. Maybe 15, uh, more, maybe closer to 10. And this was all very impromptu. All right, okay, I see the students are gassing out. Maybe I should just give them some rest. So I, I put them like in a seated position and I just tell them to breathe. 
right? So none of this whole thing that I call the snow sequence is not planned. It's more of like, I got to find a way to find 10 minutes so I can not either barely talk or talk softly. A way for me to turn down the music so I'm not screaming over the music. So that came from me recognizing that I needed to give students rest, that I had to put them in a seated position, that I had to turn the music really low. Mm -hmm. That turned into me starting to walk them through some breath work. And then essentially that turned into me developing this short 10 minute story about putting my students in a place where they're basically seated, hovering millimeters over the snow in a class that's 100 degrees and they're completely gassed out. And that's, that's part of what the snow is. You know, in essence, to truly fully feel that, you would have to come to class. But that's where I basically saw, like, oh, wow, I don't have to necessarily give them power all the time. Mm -hmm. I could do something like this where it's like, oh, my God, she's shivering right now because she's that deep in. Mm -hmm. Or he, this guy, like, who I thought was completely had nothing left in the tank is now finally sitting tall and he's breathing everything stable. Mm -hmm. So that snow sequence became almost like a defining part of component of my class style like basically seated meditation seated guided meditation and then that really taught me as an instructor there it's not sustainable to be strong all the time that you have to almost have these moments of levity and then i think in year three i started exploring more humor and self-deprecating humor because i wanted to show my students like i'm not a god like i'm just a regular dude and if not, I'm not just a regular dude, like, but I'm a cornball. And yeah, yeah. I, get, I get a test to that. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, and I think those parts made me even more relatable, you know, and and I think that's also what saved my voice as mm -hmm. well, yeah. you know, and kept the stitches in, yeah. you know, for how long they needed. But yeah, the snow sequence was when I when that thing finally came about and developed like, I mean, it can, I don't think it's even been fully explored. Like I need to like truly sit down one of these days and write something out mm -hmm. with that sequence. Mm -hmm. But it's like the intermission to the next act. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had a lady who was like, Sid, I can no longer take your classes because that snow sequence gives me the chills. Mm -hmm. Really? And I can't get out of the chills. Mm -hmm. Like she, you know, it's a hot room. Then all of a sudden she's got chills. And for whatever reason, she's just so deep into the sequence. Mm -hmm. She can't warm up again. Yeah. It's it's really powerful. Yeah. I can say from experience. And it's such a great metaphor for life, too. Yeah. Because, yeah. like you were saying, you can't be powerful all the time. Yeah. So you need yeah. to have those moments where you come back to your breath. And being able to have that visual of a snow, I think it was genius, especially in a hundred degree class because yeah. it does just kind of bring you back to the point where you're like all right i got this yeah everything's cool yeah we're chill yeah we're good yeah very cool so in that in that sense have you do you have any ways or tips in which you've taken yoga off of your mat and taken the teachings that you use in your class and apply it in your everyday life yeah um so sometimes i'll uh so sometimes in class, I start off with something called the opening rant. <laughs> no idea. What you're about. <laughs> and basically, uh, the gist of opening rant is 
sometimes you could just feel even before class starts like it's like oh fuck this is gonna be crazy <laughs> so i have to do something something silly to just like break it up like i remember one of the most famous opening rants was like if you have a dog you have to understand that you have to pick up your dog poop like no matter what you have to pick up your dog poop <laughs> you know like and then it would end with me like look because I stepped in dog poop the other day and I was trying to figure out while I was driving, why does my car always smell like shit? <laughs> Until I realized that I had shit on my shoe that's been there for I don't know how long. <laughs> I need you guys to pick up your dog shit. You know? And then there would hey, be... Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And then there, it would get serious where basically I would tell my students like, there's going to be a point where it's no longer about just the practice in the present moment. It becomes about what you do before the practice. So we call it pregame. So essentially, yoga is tragically expensive, right? But at some point, you're going to start figuring out, okay, it costs this much to go to practice. And then at some point, you'll be like, okay, well, I think I'm at the point now where I'm practicing enough times where I can pay monthly or yearly or whatever, right? And then it's at the point where it's like, okay, I got to make a decision. I, I have to give up some sort of luxury or something in my life to be able to afford to go to yoga, right? And then at some point, you're like, all right, I seem to be gassing out in 30 minutes out of every class. What do I got to do to start figuring out how do I delay gassing out? So I got to try to try to figure out a way to like start gassing out so early or it's like, I got to figure out like, you get this, you're an athlete. I got to figure out like, okay, how do I get in the zone faster and deeper? And how do I stay? How can I maintain my duration in the zone? Right. And then it's almost like, okay, I know I can't drink coffee two hours before class. Okay. I got to drink my first bottle of water two hours before class. Second, a bottle of water one hour before class. Okay. I got to take a big ass piss right before class. Okay. I'm going to show up to class with another bottle of water. I'm going to make sure my feet are clean. Like all of this stuff is all pregame. Right. Optimizing your practice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In essence, that is pregame. Yeah. And then that's what they call like, an, that's what I call like the next level of yoga. Where it's like, oh, wow, it's not just yoga on the mat. It's like what you're doing off the mat to help not just enhance your performance. Or if you want to call it performance mm -hmm. on the mat or just kind of beyond it. Mm -hmm. And I think another cool thing was, so I have a friend named Dr. Justin Grassmeyer, who's an athletic chiropractor. And he had this cool observation of like, and this is probably gonna be hard to describe because this is audio, but you know, Dr. Grassmeyer's big thing was posture, mm -hmm. right? Obviously athletic chiropractor. Let he, right, right. As, as, as they both sit up tall, as they both sit up tall. I'm actively working yeah. on my posture, yeah. so thank See? you for the reminder. Yeah. So he would say things like, every time I'm at a red light, no matter how I'm sitting or no matter what's going on in my day, every time I hit a red light, I put my hands palm up on the bottom of the steering wheel. You could call it like five and seven o'clock. So I put my hands at five and seven o'clock at the bottom of the steering wheel, and then I just pull my back off the back of the chair and I just sit tall, my elbows are close to my body. So it's almost like I got a right angle, upper arm and lower arm. And I just sit there with like my chest proud, shoulders down and back, chest proud, abs engaged. And when the light goes green, I just let go, you know? And in essence, that's like, oh wow, 
that's like yoga off the mat. Yeah. You know? That absolutely is. So, yeah, you know, shouts out to uh, Dr. Justin Grassmeyer. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's a great way to take something that you would do in class that you wouldn't typically do sure. in your everyday yeah. life and just bring it. Yeah. Or it can be things like every time you get off from work, before you go into the house or your home, and you carry all that energy of work in the commute and school or whatever it, into your home mm-hmm. and just kind of dump it on your cat or your partner or whatever. You don't even have to have any of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, your or, or just carrying it into your house, you know? I like how you threw the joke in there. <laughs> like, I would, I would say to this one student, okay, just when you get home, just park the car and just sit there with the music off for like a minute and then go in the house. You know, so that's another part of like, how do you take yoga off the mat? Yeah, it's a just have those yeah. moments of, of silence just to recalibrate because we're we've lost that in this society. Yeah, just those moments of people are freaked out to be with themselves. Mm-hmm. We yeah. always talk about that because we, you know, part of our mission is helping people integrate meditation into their lives and. We people are just totally freaked out about having yeah. you know moments with yourself in silence because mm-hmm. it's like whoa you have yeah. to like witness your own mind be active but yeah that's where yoga is a great place to start cause yeah you start to learn that yeah and, and then the more you can integrate it you know one minute before you walk into the house yeah. or yeah. on a walking meditation to the coffee shop yeah how'd you guys find each other. We met in school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what school? The Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Ah, okay. Which is a global school. Okay. An international school, and we coincidentally were living down the street from each other. Oh, wow. Because yep. my students or my athletes might be listening to this, and I would like them to know more about what you guys do, too. So you guys met in school, and what's the school do you do in that school? Um, so it's a school... You make green drinks? Where you make green drinks. Oh, yeah. Literally just tons of greens. (laughs) Drink green drinks. (laughs) Okay. We do yoga. And we kumbaya. Yeah, that's our life. That's pretty much the whole school. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, it was a very integrative program where we're learning not only about nutrition, but learning about mindset and lifestyle, too, and how the lifestyle, your lifestyle, your mind plays such a huge part on your overall health. So when people think about health, a lot of... Wait, I'm sorry. So this is Alyssa. Say hi, Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. And then this is <laughs> Hannah. Hey. <laughs> so just for my students, for my athletes, I need you to differentiate between the two. So, <laughs> Thank okay, you. go Yeah, go ahead. Thank you for that. <laughs> so it was really a, a very holistic approach. Yeah. So that when you're thinking about health, you're not just thinking about the food that you're eating or exercise. You're thinking about everything. Right. How sleep plays such a big role. How your relationships play a huge role, how you think about yourself plays a huge role. So really just incorporating all of that together. Right. Um, and that's what we do in our practice here. We focus a lot on stress and how intense stress has become in, in people's lives nowadays. It's become such an epidemic. Over 90% of chronic disease is linked to stress. And so when you think about that number, it's it's huge, it's massive. And we are all in control of our own stress and how we take, how we want to deal with our health. And so our mission is to spread 
all of these different tools that you can do. You can do on your own. You can you can do, yes, yoga has become expensive, especially if you're going to a class all the time. But as you mentioned, even just incorporating little practices that you might get from a yoga class into your everyday life can help bring your stress levels down so much and maybe prevent some disease that you could potentially end up getting in the future. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, the thing about stress is it's invisible. You don't see it. So it's not a tangible thing. When you have an injury, you're going to treat that because you see it, you feel it. But stress has just become the norm for people. Right. And, you know, people just think that that's how they should feel and live. But what they don't realize is it's highly inflammatory. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stress... And it comes from all different areas of life, job pressure, finances, right. even health issues, relationships, mm-hmm. even your thoughts, right. stre- you know, negative thinking, stressful thoughts. It's a vicious cycle. Right. So it's become our mission to help people, you know, lay the foundation for helping you prevent and handle stress effectively. Mm. And that's, you know, that's everything. It's nutrition. It's how you're thinking. It's, you know, having a meditation practice, whatever that is for you. It doesn't have to be sitting with the incense burning mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kumbaya, as Alyssa says. If <laughs> right. you like that, I mean, I can get down More with that. More power to you. <laughs> right, right. But it's taking care of all the little things, and it doesn't have to be huge right. shifts. It's just right. if you take care of these little things on the daily basis, right. you're laying the foundation for you to help to prevent stress. Right. And when shit hits the fan... You're not freaking out. Right. You can handle it with grace. You can handle it with grace because you've got your checks and balances. Right. I have a yoga teacher that says, you're graceful, so move gracefully. Who said that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Hannah, real quick, you're also bringing in something to this company that you and Alyssa have because you're an athlete and you train athletes too. Right? Yes. So I'm a tennis player. I right. played tennis all, my entire life. I grew up with a tennis family. My dad was a professional tennis player. And I ended up playing tennis at UC Irvine. So tennis has totally been my life, but I've always. Your dad is Michael Chang. Yes. Believe it or not, I, I am part Asian. <laughs> you wouldn't tell from the blonde hair, but I am. <laughs> um. But, you know, tennis has just been my life. Grew yeah. up with it. I love, love tennis. I have a big passion for tennis. But, and I teach full-time. I was a high school coach at right. Los Alamitos. Um, but I quit to pursue this. Right. But, yeah, I do have a different approach for sure. And, you know, I see the stress levels in athletes. You know, I just see such a need to be helping athletes, especially young athletes. Yeah. With this stress component. Because you just, you see it, you know. They think, and I was there, I thought tennis was everything. Yeah. I thought it was my life. Right. And it, I mean, I've been able to do like such a psychoanalysis on my tennis career and how I right. just botched it because I thought it was everything. Right. If I knew what I knew now, right. I would have been so much more successful. Right. But I'm hoping to bring that to, you know, these modalities to athletes, right. but... To yeah. everybody, because we all need it. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, even athletes' parents. Athletes' parents. And how they manage stress. I mean, it's huge. You you could uh, not believe some of the stories sure. that I sure. have with athlete parents. Yeah. So in yoga class, yeah. um, some teachers will teach a move called flipping your dog. Excuse me? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Flipping your dog. Pretty sure you just 
flip the dog on this conversation here. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wow. You, you did flip the dog. Yeah, how long have you been workshopping that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, I didn't mean to flip the dog. That's, no, no. That's yeah, cool. No. Flipping our dogs yeah. around here. That's a, you can turn that into like a podcast. Right? <laughs> dog yeah. flipping. Yeah, there you go. I have one, yeah, one thing to add to this. Sure. One thing that Alyssa and I are big in promoting right now and what yeah. our company is about is creating community. Mm. We want to create community because that's what we feel this world is lacking mm -hmm. right that's something that you do so well right. in your class and typically when you go to a yoga class you know you can kind of follow into the thought process of you know looking to others to see if you're doing it right, right. and comparing your practice to right. the person next to you mm -hmm. right but you do an exceptional job at making sure the class has a community feel and that yeah. these are your teammates that's so yeah, you know, yeah the verbiage yeah. that you use yeah how did you develop that? I think, uh, well, there's a couple of things, but one of them is just like, I'm lucky enough where my classes are packed, right? And I also remember the first time when I was very, when I first started off in yoga, I was like, I'm going to get there early. I'm going to put my mat down and I don't give a fuck what everybody else does, but I got a spot now, right? So I, I was that guy that never moved my mat, you know? And then, you know, yoga starts, you start practicing yoga, you know? And then I think within like, I mean, it took a while, but I think within a couple years, I was like, but suppose the babysitter showed up late or suppose they just got caught up between too many lights or their work held them a little bit longer. I have to move my mat. I have to generate space. Like, cause this isn't technically my space. This space is for everybody. That's kind of the epitome of, you know, not just yoga, but as a martial artist, like this room is a dojo. It's a sacred place. The floor is holy in a way. Like, so I need to make space for people to, to come in. And I think that mentality, I mean, I think that's one of the components of, of I guess, my theme or my characteristics of the class is like, your ability to see that even though the people around you, you may not know, but you must consider them your teammates, you must consider them community. I think that's where it just started growing. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you can tell like our classes and our style at hot is just different when the students know that, okay, this is the new person. So here, here actually you're probably gonna need two blocks and a strap, you know, or when the class ends, and student just doesn't know what to do and you see the other students trying to help. Mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, sometimes in the class you just see that student that just, you can tell they've had a day, a week, a year, a lifetime, and the other students are just basically there helping, you know, helping her put away her blocks or helping, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. just all that kind of stuff, you know? And it's just like, it's like you can just feel this thing growing, you know? Uh, I think people are, yeah. are craving community. So yeah. I can totally see why. I yeah. mean, obviously, you're a big part of why, yeah. why the class is growing. But I think because people yeah. are craving that community. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, talk about that feeling of just like the anxiety of just not knowing if you belong or not. Oh, totally. And then that feeling of like feeling welcomed, you mm -hmm. know, or just being like, oh. 
okay, everybody's cool, you know? Like, it's a, it's, it's a freaking beautiful feeling. It's so beautiful. And it's yeah. a rarity today. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. And I think that's, hey, look at it. I, if this thing can start spiraling out larger where neighbors are nicer to each other and mm-hmm. stuff like that, then, you know, and countries are nicer. It's going to happen, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. and and you're taking those steps, and that's what we want to do, too, just because... The more you give and you share and you help each other, the better you feel, too. We talk about this a lot. I mean, that's, that right there is a huge stress reliever just to help somebody out. So when you, someone comes to your class and they give their neighbor the blocks or give yeah. them a strap, you know, you are feeling better yourself by yeah. helping that other person out. And then you yeah. take that with you into your life. Yeah. You take yeah. that with you once you get off the mat. I mean, yeah. there's literally a chemical and physical component to that. When yeah. you are, you have that community and that connection to somebody else, you're releasing those chemicals in your brain that make you feel good. Yeah. You're releasing serotonin yeah. and, and oxytocin. Those. Sure. I mean, it's there's a chemical component to it. Sure. So you've got the science behind it. You know, even if you can't get down with the kumbaya and yeah. uh, whatever, yeah, it's yeah. like, wait a second. There's science now that's showing that this is good for your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for students or athletes or even your clients that are dealing with things like depression or they kind of are in a stagnant spot or a rough patch in their life where they just kind of need help, like, yeah, having that feeling of like community or that feeling of, you know, one other thing I say in class is you're not as alone as you think you may be. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. that others sit in the snow as well as me, you know. Um, yeah, that can be, that can help, you know. So. Very, very powerful. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you came on today. It was so nice. I Every time I leave one of your classes, I always just feel so much better because you do... Exude. I've heard you snoring in Shavasana. I, well, that actually has happened. Hey, that's okay. how you know it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a compliment. Oh, it is. It's like a clean plate at a yeah, restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to Golden Corral. <laughs> Rainbow Juice just opened up a cafe, said. Oh, yeah. You're Rain- right. yeah oh, they're right. a, you know, the teacher, Chrissy, or the owner of Rainbow Juice, uh, she's a Kundalini teacher as well. She's, take her class. she's amazing. Chrissy. She's um, amazing. Oh, she's next level. She's, yeah. Highly yeah. recommend her yeah. Kundalini classes. Yeah. She's yeah. somebody. Where does she teach? She teaches at Go Inward mm-hmm. and at Yoga Lucian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's legit. Shouts yeah. out to Rainbow Juices yeah. and Under the Sun is their cafe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So thanks for coming. Thank you. It's been so fun having you. I can't believe you sent an Uber out to pick me up and bring me back to the studio. This is amazing. And the spread that you yes. put out. I mean, all this food. Uh, Isn't it incredible? It's out of control. We really just want to take care of you. I can't believe Thanks. you did hair and makeup. And this isn't even a video podcast. I know. Well, we got to be on top. We wanted to just show you how much we appreciate you. <laughs> I love it. Hey, real quick. We are trying to work on a workshop. Yes. Where you guys come into my studio. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's actually going to be on June 3rd. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sunday. What are you guys going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about stress. Okay. Yeah. And how to handle and prevent stress. Kick it right to the curb. Kick that stress right in the ass. Right in the booty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to come in with a 30 minute restore. Yeah. So the idea is that, um, you know, you guys come in and you do a workshop 
specific to stress Mm -hmm. management and I basically throw you know that cherry on top where I lead the group that shows up uh, through a 30 minute restorative class or a 30 minute restorative session and I think just all of that together is going to be great it's going to be amazing yeah actually in class the other day I was in Sydney's class and when you farted? I, oh you heard that? <laughs> <laughs> darn it it was just once? <laughs> I maybe tried okay. um, but you had made a comment in class about our workshop coming oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. stress management and yeah we're in head hammock, which is essentially where you have a strap around the back of your head and then your foot. It's attached yeah, to your foot. Yeah, attached to your foot. And so you're you're sliding your foot back and forth. Yeah. So your neighbor is coming into your mat, yeah. you know. And the woman next to me, she's she's sliding over my way. She's yeah, hanging yeah. over on my side. And once you said, we're doing a workshop on stress management, she's like, damn, we all need some of that. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. do. She's awesome. Yeah. Good. Okay. All right, so we've got to make that happen. So that's going on June 3rd. Okay, that's on so a Sunday, right? That's on a Sunday. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So for anybody who wants to find you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Um, Our Instagram and our Yelp and our Google business, that's all under, or listing, is all under hot yoga, one word, H-A-W-T. Um, and our website is hotyoga.org, H-A-W-T. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions, you could just DM or our email address is info at hotyoga.org. And we'll link all this in the show notes. Yeah. We'll yeah. Your, your we're social media too. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank cool. you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, this was great. This is great. And I hope my students or my people found this helpful in any way to you guys too awesome thank you thank you